like you to do a koala because because they can hug you and they can make a sound like this. Oh. Can you do it, buddy? Okay. <laughs> High up in the eucalyptus trees of Australia, the koala bear suffers from a case of mistaken identity. It's not really even a bear, it's a marsupial like the kangaroo, and it has an unusual diet that requires both a lazy disposition and a unique digestive system to work. But when your favourite food is an essential oil, you do what it takes to survive here in life, death and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about a cuddly looking lazy old bear that's not a bear at all, but more on that later. Willy nilly silly lazy old bear. Silly old bear. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the koala. It's bear-like, but not actually a bear. And when you dig deeper, it's, it's no bear at all. Yeah, thanks, Julia, for this uh, suggestion. Uh, the, uh, this this animal actually turned out to be a lot more interesting than uh, like I thought. I already knew it was a weird. He was a weird dude, so I knew there would be tons of stuff <laughs> on it. But then it was like, wow, this this is even weirder. It is weird, um, and it's in a weird uh, part of the animal kingdom, which is marsupials. We can get to that in a little bit when we talk taxonomy, but do you have other names for it first? I do. So the koala, we're going to call it here the maladapted marsupial or the sleepy pouch bear (laughs) and the gray thunder from down under. Ooh. Okay. It's also called a drop bear, although that's technically a folkloric animal that doesn't exist. A drop bear? Yeah, it's like folklore of like koalas that drop down, like angry koalas that drop on passerbys and attack them. Oh, I thought it was because their noses are shaped like drops. <laughs> That's a cuter explanation. <laughs> uh, would you like to hear what it, with the animal kingdom, where it lives in the animal kingdom? Oh, you just you just gave away the first part. That's right. It's in the kingdom of the animals. You know it. You love it. You're in it. Kingdom. Animalia. It's in the phylum Chordata. It's in the class Mammalia. Knew it. All, for, all familiar territory. It's in the infra class Marsupialia. Marsupialia. Yeah. So it's weird. Uh, that, that, that's pouch animals. That's that's your kangaroos and your wombats uh, and your wallabies and your possums. Yeah, I didn't realize that possums were marsupials. It's the only one in North America. I thought they were just big rats nope not rodents at all they they sure look like them but they are not they're the ugliest marsupials we'll just we'll just say that uh there's a lot of people that like like uh possums there's like a there's an instagram account um called juniper fox and it's this lady that has foxes and possums oh possums and everyone loves them and they're adorable hmm and like in the car, I'll be sitting, we'll be driving, me, Johanna's in the passenger seat, and all of a sudden I hear this like horrible, like whining cry, and it's her watching a Fox video from this Instagram account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
it's the source of much uh cuteness and distress <laughs> uh it's in the order diprotodontia the, the koala not the possum that's right of course we're talking about the koala um diprotodontia yeah that's a i that's a fun one that sounds like a dental thing it's in the family Fascolarctidae. <laughs> Fascolarctidae. Fascolarctidae, yeah. Not bad. Uh, the genus is Fascolarctos. Yeah, that is Greek for pouch bear. Arctos is bear. Did you know that? No, I did not. It's in, the, the species is Cinerus. Cinerius. Yeah, Cinerius. So that's uh, phylacteries of the scenarios. Phascolarctos <laughs> <laughs> uh, scenarius. Factory sinuses. <laughs> uh, that's just like a, a, a closet in a factory. A factory sinus. Yeah, yeah. But since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show. Critter groups. It's the part of the show where I ask you a question. And the, the question is the same every time, and that is, what is the name of a group of these animals? Or what is the collective noun? Or what is the term of venery? Unfortunately, koalas are usually too tired to form meaningful relationships, so uh, they don't move in groups. But a cousin of theirs does, uh, and that's the kangaroo. Wait, so there's no term of venery for, for koalas? For koalas? No. No, there isn't. I was like... How could this be possible? Because at least if you had a mother and a um, and a child there, you could call them something. But I guess you just call them a family. I don't know. But no, no term of venery for uh, koalas. But kangaroos do have a term of venery, and they're also marsupials. So we're gonna go with that. So Joe, what is the name of a group of kangaroos? Is it a a hop of kangaroos? Is it B, a mob of kangaroos? Is it C, a committee of kangaroos? Or is it D, a herd of kangaroos? I'm going to go with committee. Final answer. Final answer. Uh, That is incorrect. The answer is mob. I knew something was mob, but I thought it was something else. But Yeah. They apparently are are really mean to uh, shop owners. And, uh, you know, they're good at shakedowns. They run afoul of the, the law in an organized manner. That's kangaroos <laughs> for you. Sounds correct. Sounds about right. But, uh, yeah, so how about you tell us what this animal looks like? Koala board the eucalyptus train. Choo, oh, my choo. gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. The koala is pretty well known, so you probably can picture one even if you're driving. I'll try uh, so they're a stocky gray and white, and they're adorable unless they're wet. Um, <laughs> uh, males are 50% larger than females. Other sexually dimorphic traits include a curved nose and hairless patches in males. They have cute little vestigial tails, round furry ears, both furry inside and out. Uh, they have thick fur on their backs. Among, they have among the thickest fur of marsupials. Um, and they have big curved claws that are great for climbing. And they also have two opposable digits, which is like having two thumbs. Um, so that helps them grip tightly to branches. 
They also have long forelimbs and uh, comparably short legs, uh, back legs, which help them, which, which, which just points to their arboreal lifestyle and their stronger upper body strength. And that's, that's a, that's about it, right? Yep. That's it. Y- time. You've seen a koala. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So time for the major fact. No, no. R- right. Cause there's something else we kind of have to, uh, address and that's their relative size. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how big uh, their relatives are. I mean, I know how big a kangaroo is. I can tell you how big their relatives are. Um, that, that brings us to measure up. Welcome to the beloved measure up segment, the official listeners favorite part of the show, the part of the show, we present the animal's size and dimensions and relatable terms through a quiz. That's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you. When you send in audio of yourself, saying singing chittering or doing that awful groan that koalas do (laughs) (laughs) say the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com uh we have a new measure up intro this week from one of our good old pals calvin from before you've heard from him at the top of the episode making that signature koala sound uh along with his sister julia Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Measure up. I like Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I like Spider-Man too. I He was my favorite growing up. He's pretty great. He, him and the Hulk. But I like Spider-Man the best. Spider-Man's got limitations. And that that's what makes him interesting. Also, he's a teenager usually. So it makes him more relatable. He has to use his brains and his brawn. That's right. Uh, thank you, Calvin, for your measure up intro. It was well done. Let's talk about length. They're 60 to 85 centimeters, which is 24 to 33 inches. Let's call it mm, 33 inches. How many koalas go into the height of Wallaman Falls, Australia's tallest waterfall? Hmm. Uh, well, here's a hint. Maybe this will help. The falls are in Queensland in the Giragun National Park. It's considered a horsetail fall, uh, and it's also considered a cascade fall uh-huh. at the same time. That's a cascade. Do you know what a cascade is? I, I'm I am a waterfall expert. I do know all of these terms, and they are helping me formulate my answer. Okay, well, a cascade is when a waterfall falls in a series of steps, and then a horsetail is when a a water when the water maintains contact with bedrock as it falls, as opposed to a plunge, which is when faster-moving rivers go off a side of a cliff and the water doesn't touch the bedrock. Huh. So now you know the answer, right? I do know the answer. Um, it's probably a 1,000 feet. And since this guy is a little bit less than three feet long, then... Um, I'm going to say 40. I'm going to wait. No, No, sorry. 400, 400. (laughs) 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 Need to put another Uh, zero there. Um, okay. Not a bad, not a bad answer. Uh, the, the correct answer is 319 koalas. Ooh. Wallaman falls are 268 meters or 879 feet. 
No, well, I mean that was a, I mean technically a bad guess, but but still, I mean eight hundred and you, it's a thousand, close to a thousand. Sure, it's it's rounded up if you're going by increments of five hundred. Yeah, um, let's talk about weight. They're between four and fifteen kilograms, or nine, and amazingly thirty-three pounds. That is a huge range. But it's more, it's amazing because it, they're both 33 pounds and 33 inches. <laughs> like the, the bigger ones will be both 33 inches and 33 pounds. That's like the Vitruvian koala. Like the, <laughs> the, the ideal perf, perfect koala. Let's call it 33 pounds. How many Lodi, Lati koalas march share packs go into the weight of one real koala according to the shipping weight on Amazon? What are the things that you just said? So you know those like little snacks, like they're like a wafery little koala with like some sort of pink or chocolate fudge inside. Um, no. Look it up. You must have seen them before. Koalas March. While you're doing that, here's a hint. Koalas March supports the Australian Koala Foundation that works to decrease the threats to the survival of koalas. Uh, the share packs contain ten packs. Okay, I'm looking at this, um, and I've never, <laughs> I've never seen this before. Oh, really? I remember these. Like, they're, they're. An, I'm pretty sure they're like a Japanese or some sort of Asian snack. Yeah, it looks. I mean, there are a lot of these examples are in. And there's, Japanese. I think there's a panda version of it too, but the, I remember these like they're, they have a really satisfying crunch to a soft, fudgy interior, so they're. I remember them being delicious. Interesting. Okay. Well, um, you said you said ten of these things are in one of these uh, boxes. Yeah, there's ten ten packs in a share pack. And and since you've never experienced them before, I will tell you that like each one of these is like a it's like um like a gusher size. So they're like Teddy Grams. Yeah, they're like Teddy Grams, but they're like they're hollow and they're filled with fudge. They're like a thin wafer. With fudge on the inside. So they're, I mean... Or sugary icing probably or whatever it is. about the same weight as a Teddy Graham, which is, I don't know, <laughs> an ounce? Probably not even that. I'm, I always think an ounce is a lot lighter than it actually is. I'm going to say they're half an ounce, which means that 32 of them go into a pound. 1,056. You're, you're not looking for the... You're looking for... How many of the share packs I go into? What is a share pack? I'm telling you, it's a family's. <laughs> is it the whole box? It's a box. It's a family's family value pack box filled with 10 packs of Koala's March. All right. So if the, you said there's 10 of them in there, I'm going to say there's probably 10 uh, little Koalas inside each one of those, which means there's 100 little snacks inside of this share pack um which means i'm gonna basically divide my answer by 10 no no i'm gonna buy it by 100 i'm gonna say 10 10 point koala 10 share packs the correct answer is 44 koalas march share packs the (sighs) share pack is 12 ounces oh oh great that's awesome wow okay see see i was not expecting you to you you did so much extra extra work by assuming the weight of a a single snack and then doing more math. The more math between your guess and the answer, 
the more you have to like screw up in estimates. So you should have just like thought of the share pack. I can't think of the share pack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I haven't tasted this delicious uh, like Japanese confection. It hasn't reached my local uh, like Circle K, so I haven't eaten it yet. <laughs> I don't know why, but this one's so funny to me. Flavor blasted goldfish, I imagine, way more than that. And then, like, fruit roll-ups probably weigh a little bit less. Who knows? Let's talk about some fast facts. Like other marsupials, koalas have little pouches where their babies continue to develop after they're born. They have pouches because marsupials lack a placenta, which is uh, an organ which protects babies from their mother's immune system uh, in other animals, including humans. Marsupial babies are born before they are sufficiently developed, so they climb on the outside of the mother to the pouch as soon as possible. They're like pink little beans at this point. Called joeys. Yeah. Well, they're called joeys like all the way up until they're an adult. Uh, Their limbs develop to be strong enough to climb before they can even see. They then climb up uh, to the pouch where they latch onto a nipple, which forms a seal. And then they continue to develop until they can start to leave the pouch. Like other marsupials, koalas have reproductive organs that are unique among mammals. And I'll try to talk about this in high language that is not blue. The male organ is bifurcated which means that it separates into two columns. It's also separated uh, from the urinary tract, which means it's only used for reproduction and not waste. Uh, The bifurcated male organ corresponds to the female's two uteri, which is the plural of uterus. Didn't know that. She also has two uh, canals that open up in one orifice. So in other words, koalas are like plugs and electrical sockets they have two prongs and two holes sounds like it makes sense it does uh koala brains are proportionately small uh and they're among the smallest in reference to body weight their their brains are only about uh 19.2 grams or 0.04 pounds yeah, they saw that it, it takes up about 61% of the head, the, the skull space, and the rest of it is cerebrospinal fluid. That's correct. Um, their, their, their tiny little brains are surrounded by lots of fluid, which is thought to protect them from concussions when they fall out of trees, which is a fun little, <laughs> fun little feature. I mean, it's supposed to protect us. CSF protects us from concussions too, so... We don't have enough to protect us from concussions when we fall out of trees. That's true. We just got too much brain. Uh, In addition to having a small brain, they also have smooth brains. Uh, Smooth brains indicate that they don't spend much time in complex thinking. So a big old wrinkly brain indicates that there's higher cognition going on. Uh, But smooth brains are more considered more primitive Um, so koalas also have extremely thick fur on their backs and this is to help them withstand wind and rain without, uh, it's like a, like a poncho. They don't really care about rain when it's raining on them. Uh, so they're up in trees getting 
drenched and it's it's fine for them. Nice. Lastly, Calvin and Julia m- mimicked the koala sound earlier, and I want to just see how close they got. What a sound. Was that was that Calvin or Julia? <laughs> I don't know. If the koalas may be named after Calvin, Calvin or Julia, it may be one of those. But it is a real, genuine koala making that sound. That, that's, uh, that sounds like uh, a herd of pigs. They did a pretty good job. It does sound like this deep grumble. Yeah, it's, it's not what you would expect a marsupial to make at all. In fact, I wouldn't. Could, probably Especially couldn't have like told a, you what they what they said before this. It, it's uh, it's I would think it makes they make do make like smaller squeaking sounds as well, or like you know typical small animal sounds. But they also make this really deep guttural sound. It's a bellow, is what it's called. It is a bellow. But that's all I got for fast facts. Is there anything more interesting than this? More interesting and a little bit nastier. Because we're going to talk about digestive systems. We haven't been here since the Hudson bird. <laughs> Ooh. So join me. Uh, so the koala is pretty well known for eating exactly one thing. Uh, eucalyptus leaves. Like the panda is known for eating bamboo. Except the koala is even picky about which species of eucalyptus to eat. So they're just they're very, they're, they're very focused. Very single-minded here. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, and also, like the panda's bamboo, eucalyptus leaves are a terrible diet. They have very low levels of nutrients, and they have quite a few toxic chemicals uh, housed within those those leafy greens. Um, and so, the koala needs a specialized digestive system uh, and a sedentary lifestyle put together in order to survive. So, for one... Uh, its liver produces an enzyme called cytochrome P450, and that breaks down toxins and prevents the koala from being poisoned by its only food source. Uh, so that's good that that, that it has that. Uh, but believe it or not, poisoning is only part of the issue. The real issue is the lack of anything that eucalyptus leaves have. It's Aside from toxins and fiber, like that's pretty much the two things that make up a eucalyptus leaf. Um, and while fiber is good to have, uh, it definitely shouldn't be the only thing you have, and you probably shouldn't pair it with um, toxins if you want to get anywhere with your diet. So, to handle this problem, the koala has the record, the longest cecum. In the animal kingdom, proportionally. So the cecum is the beginning part of the large intestine. uh, And the koalas is 80 inches long. I'm going to let you guess, Joe, how long you think a human's is. Four inches. A human's? Oh, it's close. It's 2.3. Oh. (laughs) Yep. Human's like the, the 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 human cecum is super small compared obviously compared to our our much larger body size and the koalas is 80 inches long which is if stretched out uh significantly longer than its body length um so why does it have such a large 
cecum. So let me talk about the digestive system. So you have the stomach, and the stomach goes from the stomach goes the um, the small intestine, and from the small intestine is the cecum that is attached to that, and that's its own organ area. And then from the cecum is the colon or large intestine, and then it's expelled. It's uh, things are excreted after that. So that's the that's the digestive system. Um, and for a koala, the cecum is just much, much longer. Um, and inside the koala cecum is a specialized bacteria uh, that works to break down the fiber into easy-to-absorb uh, substances for digestion. So its liver... So they digest... They, they absorb yeah, fiber? Yeah, I mean, as much as they can. They obviously can't absorb all of it. Interesting. So, like, for, for us, like, fiber is non-digestible. Like, it passes through you. And you need it because it's, like, roughage. It helps things go through. But for the koala, eating a eucalyptus leaf... It's, like, all yeah, they, they eat. They, <laughs> it, the, the, the eucalyptus leaf is fiber and toxins. And they have an enzyme to take care of the toxins. And they have uh, bacteria in their cecum to take care of the fiber. So I think they absorb about 30% of the fiber um, in the leaves, but then the rest of it is passed along through. So there are two types of chewed up food, or also called uh, chyme, C-H-Y-M-E. It's chewed up, partially chewed up food. Um, and for the koala, the, that's small particles and large particles. So those are the two types. The small particles are finely chewed eucalyptus. Uh, and then the large particles are bigger portions of leaves, not, not quite so finely chewed. So only the small particles stay in the cecum to be fermented and, uh, the, and energy to be extracted from the fermentation process. So if you remember with the Hotzen bird, it has a special digestive system, kind of like a cow's, um, where the leaves ferment and that fermentation process produces uh, chemical energy for the animal to, you know, do things like squawk and fly around. Um, although the <laughs> koala does neither of those things because it gets so little energy. In fact, only 10% of their energy comes from this fermentation process. The, the rest of the energy comes from actually digesting the leaves in the stomach before it even gets to the cecum in the first place. But it has the secondary stage to get more some more energy out of these just just terrible leaves yeah so like for for human beings leafy like raw leafy greens are really hard to digest um like you're you're not getting as much nutrients out of like say spinach as like an animal that eats nothing but spinach because your guts aren't good at like breaking down the cell wall um in order to get as much nutrient, so it passes through without you sapping all the nutrients from it. Um, so the fact that it starts to digest this stuff in the stomach, and then it still has, so like cows have multiple stomachs, so it's passing through all these stomachs, and they're digesting as much of the like grass as possible. So it's funny, or it's interesting that. The koala starts in the stomach and then has a secondary phase. Right. It's so the, it gets energy from the digestion, most of it, and then the 
what's left goes over to this other section and then it just sits there and for us our digestive system takes what like six seven hours like you eat something and then it's it's no longer in your body um you know seven hours later um but for the koala these smaller particles can stay in the cecum for up to 200 hours or 8.3 days so it it sits there for a long time and ferments and so it can get all that 10% of the energy out of it. So I, I wonder, like, these animals that have this these fermentation processes that last a long time in their guts, is it producing alcohol that's getting into their bloodstream? Like, are they drunk all the time? Uh, they're not drunk, but they may be high. Who knows? It's eucalyptus. There's a lot of toxins in there. True. Um, but it's, it is the chemical reaction of fermentation um, that produces energy for the animal. So I guess leaves just don't take a long time to ferment and also don't produce that much energy. But it's the only thing that they eat. So they are specially de- uh, developed to be able to harness as much energy as they can from that process. So the, the the larger particles, I remember I said they were smaller and larger. So the smaller stays in the cecum to be fermented, um, but the larger particles are passed through uh, the cecum to the large intestine or colon to have the water extracted from the leaves and then to be excreted in a dry pelt. Um, but if there are too many large particles and it's not doing... it. it needs to rechew its food then it will regurgitate it from the stomach back into its mouth to rechew it rechew it again um in a process called merciism which i'd never heard that before i just called it chewing the cud yeah. um but yeah mer- merciism uh, spelled exactly how you think it w- is spelled that's funny it's like um you sending in your homework and then your teacher hating it so much she sends it back to you for you to it's redo a mercyism it. yeah. <laughs> yeah redoing your homework is chewing the cud yum <laughs> uh so extracting the water from the leaves helps them to not have to drink very often um, in fact some of the uh australian aborigines thought that they didn't drink at all because they just didn't see them come down from their trees at all and they're like, how, how are they drinking anything? And it's just because they get a lot of, most of their water from, from the leaves of the eucalyptus. So I guess we can add a third ingredient to eucalyptus leaves. Toxins, fiber, and water. It's good <laughs> That's stuff. Good. It's basically Atkins. But even with all of this, all of this specialized digestive process um, that the, uh, the koala has, um, the eucalyptus is just a bad source of energy. <laughs> on its own if it's the only thing you eat and it is the only thing they eat so koalas still uh don't get a lot of energy and they need to sleep for upwards of 20 hours every day just to conserve energy so i mean just a lot of herbivores have to eat basically spend their whole day eating um so it's really it's really contrasted with carnivores that can eat once every some of them can eat like once a month and be fine uh where like an elephant or like crocodiles that can eat like once every seven Yeah, months, yeah, they right? can go for like a whole winter with one meal because uh, they slow their digestive systems down. But the the point is there's a, like a lot of nutrients that they get from eating other animals, but herbivores have to constantly eat in order to stay alive. 
Um, so that's basically all, you know, that's all the panda does. That's all cows do. That's all the elephant does. It's just, they just eat. And so that's all the koala does, but he only can do it for four hours a day. Otherwise he will expend too much energy. Um, so yeah, they, they really do need to sleep. And like you said, they have one of the smallest brains proportionally in any mammal. Um, and some think that this is uh, a result of not having enough energy to think big thoughts. <laughs> yeah, they. I, I read that it was like a an adaptation. Like the smaller your brain, you don't need big brains require big energy. So small brains don't require that much energy. I I suppose that's true. Uh, but that's all I got on the koala. All right. So for you out that there in Podcastia, uh, climb up into your favorite tree, eat your leafy greens. But make sure to filter out all the toxins with the cytochrome P450 enzyme like the koala here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey everyone, Carlos here. A big thank you to Julia and Calvin for sending in both Measure Up intros and episode suggestions. If you'd like to hear us talk about an animal you think is interesting, send us an email at ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. Or you can message us on Facebook or Twitter. We are LD Taxonomy everywhere. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. the share pack and there are 10 packs in the share pack and i'm like and i'm looking at these things and they kind of look like um little packs themselves like individually so i'm like is that what a pack is because they they look like pizza bites and so um i was like is that, does he mean that is a pack so there's 10 of these in one of these packages but then you know he said it was the size of a gusher so they're really small so this must be a really small package